Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have no plans to... Could you say hi to Stephen Ray Morris? Hi, Stephen Ray Morris. He has a Jurassic Park podcast. Oh. <laughs> so, hello. Thank you so much. Welcome back to See Jurassic Right, Minnesota edition. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and the voice you are hearing is not Richard Kiley. Uh, and the voice you heard in that little video voicemail thing at the top uh, was from my friend Melanie at Plastic Peach on Instagram. And she ran into Jeff Goldblum at South by Southwest and was sweet enough to get him to say hello. So thank you, Melanie, for that. That really made my day when you sent it to me. Um, you can find her on Instagram, Plastic Peach, and uh, Melanie Allen Photography. So, check her out. But yeah, this is uh, we're 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 back in the mini sode. It's a couple days late, but mostly I wanted to give you time to digest that April Fool's Congo episode that I did with Megan Baker and uh, Dax as well, uh, Dax Schaefer as well. That was so much fun. I really just wanted because uh, April Fool's episodes to me are at least in in podcasting i think it's just a chance to get a little silly i think like my other podcast the percast like it's sarah a nice chance to just talk about other kinds of animals check out that one if you're interested we did an episode all about porgs uh which is really fun and then for popular music this year we did josie and the pussycats which is a fake band obviously not fake music but uh <laughs> yeah so i thought you know what what would i want to do for april fools for see jurassic right let me just do a different kind of movie uh, I mean, I guess maybe I could have done a real Congo episode down the line, but I mean, it was kind of was a real episode. So Megan and I really dug deep into that and really kind of got into the nitty gritty of why we enjoy Congo so much. So check out that if you haven't heard it yet. Obviously, we had the music episode this month as well, too. I really urge all of you to go back and listen to that because uh, uh, Stephanie and Annalise and Dax, their musical contributions to... Uh, covering the themes was just fantastic and I just am in awe that they would even want to do that and I could just listen to weird covers of of you know weird as in just 
you know, unique or interesting covers of Jurassic Park theme songs. I mean, there's that there's that steel guitar cover of the Jurassic Park theme song that like makes you cry pretty much any time. Um, and it's really great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 I'm really proud of the music episode. I think it was really fun. And yeah, just go back and listen to that. Um, we also had the final fan fiction Friday this month, which was crazy. Uh, but, uh, next week you'll hear something really special, uh, related to the fan fiction Friday episode. It's the last one. I know I'm so sorry, but, uh, you know, as Mary Holland said, um, hilarious actor, improviser, uh, Mary Holland said, you know, sometimes you just got to let that stuff go. And so I'm very happy to, uh, because none of the other fan fiction I wrote quite has the charm, I think of, 10 year old Steven's fan fiction. But um, if anybody else's fan fiction, I want to read. I feel I we did that whole series and I did not. Nobody else sent their Jurassic Park fan fiction. So I feel like y'all got to y'all got to step up for this last one and send me some of your fan fiction, even if it's not Jurassic Park. But if you have Jurassic Park, I really want to listen to it. Um, this month, I also uh, interviewed Courtney James Clark, who plays the Mosasaur announcer in Jurassic World. I was so excited I got to talk to her, and she said some really wonderful stories. So I'm really excited because in the month of April, it's finally the Jurassic World episode, and so you'll get to hear my interview with her and Lauren Lapkus, who played Vivian in Jurassic World, and I've got a couple other special things cooked up for that episode, cooked up and currently cooking. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. And so... um, those are kind of the things going on with uh, See Jurassic Right in particular. Um, and I enjoyed sharing a bit of uh, Jurassic Becky's interview last mini so that didn't quite fit any of the main episodes. And so uh, later in this episode, you'll also hear some bits and bobs from some past interviews that I think are relevant to this month. Um, again, if I think about these mini sods as sort of uh, Talking Dead style uh, postscripts to the main episodes. Uh, yeah, some of those things will be really interesting. But what's been going on in the world of Jurassic Park news? And so it's funny because I'm always like, kind of when I'm putting this together, I'm sort of during the month, I'm like, excuse me, I'm like adding things to what I think would make or like what I think is relevant. And again, uh, I had some really great feedback about last month about having these kind of be in sections. So we kind of started with like, what's up with the podcast now? What's up in the world of news? And then we'll get to some, you know, bits and bobs from from interviews. And then we'll end with voicemails and emails and stuff. And there's some really great ones this month as well. I'm really excited to share those. But again, we're diving into the news. Um, And also uh, wanted to mention very briefly um, that a friend of the show, Judy Leah Jackson, uh, who had a great vintage store. Uh, she's, it's not, it's not, uh, currently in the works right now, but, um, you can check her out on Instagram. She's been very sweet to give me vintage Jurassic finds in the past. And this month at the, my favorite murder show in Los Angeles or last month, I should say, she gave me a really sweet nineties pillowcase that I've hanging up and I kind of want to almost frame it. Like I definitely don't want to actually, uh, you know, use it because that's, I don't want it to get gross. So, um, thank you again, uh, Judy for that. And oh, and one more and I guess one more thing before we start off in the news as well, too. Um, so I went to the Burke Museum of Natural History with uh Colby, who has contributed to the show before. Um, she's really super awesome. And uh she was really sweet enough to she mods for the MFM Facebook group. Um, and her she was really kind and along with her fiance Alex, they showed me around Seattle uh when I was there for a food tank event. Uh, that I was recording. And so we went to the Burke Museum of Natural History, which is a really quaint natural history museum that's attached to a university. And it was just a really cute kind of charming, like early 90s kind of feeling uh, natural history museum. But there was some really rad stuff there. And I shared some pictures on Instagram. But uh, yeah, there was like one bit where it was kind of showing what it's like when the dinosaurs kind of come back from the lab or come back from the field. And so it's like them in the process of like moving them and shipping them and unpacking them. There's a time lapse of a T-Rex being uncovered uh, currently there. So, um, and yeah, no, it was really fun. And then we just kind of wandered around Seattle a bit and yeah, I had a rad time. Colby's the best. So I appreciate her and uh, Alex showing me around. We went to an Irish pub 
the day after St. Patrick's Day, and it was not crowded, so it was perfect. We ate some good food and drank some good beer. So, um, yeah, Colby's super awesome. Uh, she has a great podcast called My Shitty Writing, uh, so you should just check it out. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, those – okay, those are all my adventures. Um I think you can hear my stomach grumbling. Um, <laughs> uh, those are all my adventures. So let's get into some news. Um, I was going to mention the SNL J- Jurassic Park sketch, but honestly, to me, it wasn't that f- funny. I'm sorry. Like, it was just people doing bad impressions of celebrities, and it almost really had nothing to do with Jurassic Park, except for the cocaine dinosaur, which was the most hilarious part. So um, anyway, that's kind of all right. I'll leave my controversial opinions, you know, my hot takes, but. Um, some other stuff going on was, I mean, basically, you know, it's been as we're ramping up for Fallen Kingdom, um, Jurassic Park toys are starting to appear, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom toys. So we've already seen the first look at the Legacy collection and some people are already starting to see it in stores except for me, uh, cause I'm unlucky that way. But, uh, you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, they have... Not only do they have a T-Rex, like, you know, Rexy, but they also have uh, Alan Grant and Robert Muldoon and Dr. Ellie Sattler. Yeah, Funko could learn a thing or two. Uh, but they all come with copies, which is kind of fun, but all like all different kinds. So you can kind of collect like a handful or like almost a dozen copies probably. Um, and they just a couple days ago just showed the Ian Malcolm legacy figure. But not only that, but we also see there's a Lost World Pachycephalosaurus, a Lost World uh, Junior Rex. And then also we get the JP3 Raptor. So it's it's really kind of exciting and it's kind of unprecedented. I remember in the group we were talking about at the Facebook group, See Jurassic Right Facebook, that it's kind of interesting because it's like Star Wars, they are constantly redoing their figures. But for us, we've never had we've never had a chance to do over the action figures. We've always been with the Hasbro or the Kenner original figures and so it's kind of crazy that now in 2018 we're getting grant sattler muldoon malcolm we're getting these characters back again as new toys and i think they look really good they're very accurate um again i i haven't seen them out in the wild yet so remains to be seen but um i mean they look pretty cool and i don't think they're that expensive either so i feel like i'm probably gonna (laughs) end up getting a lot of them at least i know I really liked all the Fallen Kingdom stuff, too. So <sighs> listen, I wait for my wallet to drain. Um, and speaking of toys, Toys R Us is going out of business. So uh, the like Chris P from Jurassic Outpost has been you know, kind of reporting that some of those stores have been throwing out their Fallen Kingdom stuff on shelves because uh, they're like, we don't know when we're going out of business. So let's clear it out. Let's clear. Let's clear it out. Um, so that's kind of a, a lot of the toy news. Um, and then they showed off gameplay footage for Jurassic World Evolution, uh, which comes out, I believe, you're going to hear me look it up, I'm not going to cut, I'm just going to be typing away, beep boop bop, um, but my internet of course is very slow right now. Um, Jurassic World Evolution comes out June 12th, 2018, so it comes out kind of in between when the movie comes out in the UK and when it comes out here in the US. Um, I'm really, (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't play video. I don't have that much time to play video games or I don't, or I choose not to make time to play video games or what I mean, you know, I played the Jurassic world Lego game, but uh, it's just, I was talking to Tom fish and den who, uh, you know, contributes to the Jurassic park podcast and he's helped out, uh, Jurassic outpost with video stuff. Really great guy. We had a really great conversation for the Jurassic Park podcast. I'm not sure when that comes out, but we kind of just talked about the future of the franchise and kind of how we're feeling and thinking right now about where the franchise is at. Um, so uh, that should come out sometime soon, um, but uh, I don't know when specifically. But he he um, he. We were just talking about. Oh, I mean, just you know, it's I I could play. I would want to play Jurassic World Evolution just for the dinosaur facts, just for the beautiful renderings of the dinosaurs. I mean, I loved Dino Park Tycoon growing up. I never played Operation Genesis, actually, but um, I love Dino Park Tycoon. So and this is just, you know, Dino Park Tycoon on the PS4. But 
Um, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in playing it. I think I, I think I might take the plunge and get a PS4, which is funny because I've been trying to like, you know, I've been toying with the idea of buying a, a Switch, but I was like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to go get a PS4 and play uh, Jurassic World Evolution, maybe set up a Twitch stream or something. I don't know. I got to ask my friend Kelly Nugent, who uh, Twitch streams and she does the uh, the uh, the young adult novel, uh, the young adult uh, podcast Teen Creeps and the Buffy podcast Hellmouthy. Kelly Nugent's great. And uh, I should ask her for advice when it comes to Twitch streaming because she does it a lot. Um Anyway, so Jurassic World Evolution, it looks great. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's coming back to be like a Voice of God style thing. Like he's sort of in character, but sort of not. I feel like I've read kind of conflicting information about that. But you can now, I mean, I'll share a link to it, but you can watch tons of footage uh, from the game, like in-game footage finally. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, remains to be seen. I guess it just depends on what's where's my wallet at when June 12th comes around. Um, so we'll see, but, um, Hey, if you want to contribute to that Patreon, no, um, but the Patreon does go more to, uh, resources of putting this podcast together, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I would like to play it. I think if you want me to play it, I would, I definitely would make time to play it if you were interested in watching me play and commentary over it or something like that. But, uh, I'm still pretty new to that whole idea, even though I do like watching let's plays, uh, on my lunches. But anyway, so that's that's it for Jurassic World Evolution. It looks really beautiful. And I almost think I would want to play it more for that than necessarily the game part of it. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know if you're excited for Jurassic World Evolution. Also, let me know if you've gotten toys already uh, and share them in the Facebook group as I shake my fist jealously at you. Uh, but let's finally get to the, some of the more final big news. Uh, there's going to be a Jurassic World concert, which is really cool, uh, which I've never seen the music live as I kind of I kind of explain why in the music episode. It's just a little, just you know, I don't want to cry in public all the time. So but uh, a Jurassic World concert sounds really awesome and I would be down to see that. Um, but so that leads us into all the big news, which is uh, Jeff Goldblum. So maybe I guess spoilers. Well, no, I guess this isn't spoiler stuff, but. Jeff Goldblum has been doing the rounds, you know, doing press and stuff for the movie, kind of early press because uh, Bryce Ellis Howard and Chris Pratt haven't done anything yet. Um, other than we saw like like them doing like magazine still photos and stuff that have kind of started to appear on the Web. But uh, Jeff Goldblum has been making the rounds um, talking about stuff like, oh, there was an original version of the script that wrote out Jeff or that wrote out Ian Malcolm, which I remember reading in judy duncan's making of jurassic park book which is really good and you can find copies of that on ebay still if you want uh but he hinted at that laura dern might return to the franchise uh and again the lines are blurred between did he say that she was going to cameo in fallen kingdom or is she going to show up in jurassic world 3 um i mean my feeling i mean i would love for cameos uh, and I also think that it would be interesting to try and, I mean, or, you know, it, it, I'd it'd be curious to see how they're going to get Ian Malcolm back into the fold. And so I'd be equally curious to see how they could get, uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler back into the fold. Last we left, she was writing a book that I'm sure went on to be a bestseller. Um, and she had a kid and she was married and stuff. So, I mean, uh, you know, what, what's, where is she going to go from there? Is she going to write another book? Is she going to speak out against Jurassic World? Is she somebody that was maybe curious? You know, I, more than, you know, I mean, Grant and, and Malcolm were traumatized, but I kind of feel like Dr. Sattler would be like, let's give it another go. She teams up with, uh, Dr. Sarah Harding, get Julian Moore back. Like, I think both of them, uh, would make more compelling returns to me personally, whereas I feel like, Actually, I don't think Grant is done because at the end of Jurassic Park 3, he kind of learned to love dinosaurs again. He kind of had his faith in humanity restored. So who knows? Maybe he maybe he's ready to face off against raptors again. But um, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm somebody who I would love all the main characters to come back. But I, I also want this franchise to have new life into it. And I don't want the old guard to overshadow the new school. Um, and I think that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom looks like it can combine the two worlds in in compelling ways, not just by reintroducing Malcolm, but by having uh, obviously Dr. Henry Wu back and, you know, possibly expanded role or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm into I'm into the melding of the new and the old, because I think if we want this franchise to 
persist past this Jurassic World trilogy, then I think we do need to have new characters that we care about. I mean, whether it's following Claire and Owen or new characters like Zia and Franklin or who or Lucy, the little girl or or no, her name is Macy. Her name's not Lucy. Yeah, her name was Macy. It was confirmed by a toy recently. Uh, I think in one of the past either Raptor reactions or when I was on in general or something. But um, so anyway, so that all that is leading to the news that Colin Trevorrow will return to direct Jurassic World 3 that's set for release June 12, 2021. Um, (laughs) I think I think it's June. Yeah, June 12th or is it June 11th? What is the actual I think it's June 11th. you're hearing me talk through this. I should know this off the top of my head. Um, Jurassic World 3 is set. Let's go to E online. Oh, June 11th. What am I talking about? It's the 20 it's not the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park. That'll be 2021. Let me do math in my head. Let me do math in my head. Yeah, the 28th anniversary of Jurassic Park. So what do I think of Colin Trevor returning to the franchise? I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's that thing of like, you know, it's hard to speculate about anything. It's it's like when uh, Force Awakens came out and we're like, what's going to happen in episode nine? And it's like, well, we haven't seen Last Jedi yet. So why would we know anything? There's no, there's no way to expect anything other than you think, OK, well, this is the end of a trilogy. So what's going to happen? But in a sense, we don't have a We don't know what Claire and Owen's journeys are. We don't know how this conspiracy we don't know you know now that isla nublar is going to be you know dunzo and as far as the franchise goes with the volcano and everything so it's just sort of like all right well what do we expect about jurassic world 3 and i honestly just i don't really have an opinion i think my hope is that colin trevorrow has uh because i really you know i like jurassic world but i also hope that he you know whether it's being let go from star wars or whatever i hope that he is learned some new tricks i'm excited personally more for Emily Carmichael uh, lending her scripting duties to Jurassic World 3 than I am for Colin Trevorrow directing. But um, again, it's hard to tell because um, J.A. Bayona's directing Fallen Kingdom. And so it's kind of in a weird way, it's like kind of a bummer to know that he's already done. But we knew that for Jurassic World. We knew that pretty quickly before Jurassic World came out that Colin wasn't going to return. So it kind of makes sense. Um, But it'll be interesting because you know, not since Spielberg have we had a filmmaker tackle the Jurassic Park universe twice, you know? So I'm curious about that. I mean, just to have Colin Trevorrow take another crack at it. Um, But again, it's still really hard to have any kind of real concrete opinion. Um, And instead, I'll just ramble on for a little bit about it because, uh, yeah, we just don't know. Um, You know, Fallen Kingdom is still a little bit of ways, but it's coming up quickly. So um, remains to be seen. So we'll hold on to our butts tightly and uh, no, actually, let's relax. Let's relax our hands on our butts and just enjoy the ride. And speaking of that ride, the final bit of news for this mini-sode is that that the next trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom comes out during the Avengers Infinity War release. So Avengers Infinity War is coming out now April 27th. Uh, myself and friend of the show and past guest Heather Mason, we're going to go see it uh, in LA on Thursday night um, when it comes out. So uh, I'm fingers crossed. I mean, I think it'll come out probably that day or the day before, uh, but I'm hoping that I will get to see it on the big screen because I got to see the first Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailer on the big screen. And so I would love to see this third and final trailer, quote unquote, third and final trailer on the big screen because it's just really fun and the crowd gets really excited and yeah. So with that, let's now go into some behind the scenes, bits and bobs, scrapes and noodles, scraps and snaps and all that good stuff uh, from past guests uh, on Sea Jurassic Right. The first bit I wanted to play was from Lauren Malisi. She was in a couple of the early episodes, poet Lauren Malisi. Uh, we had a really fun conversation and she actually talked about one of her uh, memories of Jurassic Park relating to the music was the Weird Al Yankovic parody. Um, you know, Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. All the dinosaurs are running wild. So, OK, I could sing it forever. Um, 
And I actually wanted to look up what the original song was. Uh, because it's like a song. Uh, it's like because I grew up loving Weird Al. Um, oh, Jimmy Webb's MacArthur Park. Like that that original song I'm like not that familiar with. Whereas like American Pie by Don McLean, like 1999, the saga begins. Like I know that. But um, MacArthur Park is not the original song I'm really not that familiar with. But um, yeah, Lauren talked about her relationship to that Weird Al song. Um, so take a listen to that. And then afterwards, um, I'm just going to blend into um, when I talked to Annalise about the music of Jurassic Park. She talked about the music of the video games that she was really into. And so I thought that was a little interesting bit of of stuff. And it makes me want to do, uh, you know, maybe in another season, a whole episode about video games. But I thought I kind of didn't want to wait for, you know, for, you know, whatever the future brings for this podcast. I really wanted you guys to hear it now. So I'm going to play that as well. And then we'll finally end on um, a bit of my interview with Dak Schaefer because we had such a great time chatting uh, kind of just about why, you know, just talking about how you get into music and making music or appreciating music. And Dax is such a musical, interesting family history with both of his parents and, and relatives and stuff. So I thought that was really sweet and I really wanted you to hear it. So um let's play that as well so um and then when we get back we'll go to voicemails and emails so uh, again thank you to lauren annalise and dax for sharing your stories and so i'm glad uh you get to hear them here in this minisode um yeah let's do that I think before I saw Jurassic Park, I saw the cartoon We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, and I love that movie, um, and I totally was not afraid of it. Um, but I think yeah, I think Jurassic Park is what did it. And then I remember being afraid of the music video for uh, Weird Al's Jurassic Park parody, and there's one scene where he lifts up his shirt, and his entire like stomach has like been eaten out, and like but they're clay they're clay figures. It's just claymation. But I remember like crying and like saying to my mom, "How could you leave me alone while this was on?" <laughs> it's, a, it's a Weird Al video. I also want to say really quickly that if you guys haven't. Um, listen to the music to uh, Jurassic, the Jurassic Park game on the Game Gear, which is something that I played as a kid, having not seen the movie at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's actually really good. Like the music for it, there's an entire playlist. I'll give it to you. Oh, I'll send cool. that over to you, Stephen, if you want to put that in the show notes. Um, it's really good. It's like it's it's very obviously like eight bit style music, um, but it's it's it has no references to Jurassic Park what music whatsoever. But it's a really cool. It's 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 really cool little own little thing back when like like uh you know like Game Boy music and Game Gear music had to basically they did they didn't have the the disposal of like being able to you know actually put instruments in the theme so it's like just this kind of like dorky computer music but it's actually really well done. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is so it's still so funny to think about the idea that Michael Giacchino started off composing for video games. And he started to do well. I read that he did. He basically was starting to help out the Lost World as almost like a favor, the Lost World video game as oh, a yeah. favor. And then Steven Spielberg actually heard it and was like, "Oh, I really like this." <laughs> and like yep. then then Michael Cicchino was like, "Oh shit, I have to like, oh, this is real now," <laughs> which I just think is really cool. Yeah, he's probably super stoked about that. Yeah, right. Jesus, not expecting that. Yeah, I mean, not to diminish. A, a random adaptation, a PlayStation One video game adaptation of a Jurassic Park sequel, but Fuck yeah, but hey, I mean, I mean, again, that's the thing of like, there's some incredible video game scores out there, and it's just another art form into uh, absolutely to, re, 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 to rewind. Jeez, um, that question though about why <laughs> why music in the first place, probably just because of proximity as I was growing up. Um, my my mom uh my mom kim harwood was for many years a rock and roll photographer like she she got to do uh photo shoots for she worked with norman seif who is a pretty pretty well known in in that community uh photographer and 
she ended up being able to do some photo shoots of Elton John, of the Eagles, or she'd photograph at concerts. Like she would uh, take pictures of like Kenny Loggins or, or, and this is kind of, I feel like now it's less important in a way because everyone has a camera and everyone at a concert will take pictures now, but it felt a little like it was more specialized back then. Um, but because she was in the record industry, she would, um, she knew, knew a lot of executives who would like give her albums and CDs. And so she has a huge music library. And then my dad, Arden Schaefer, he was a lawyer, but <laughs> he's a lawyer who loved music, loves music, and his music library is is bigger than what she has. And he has, as you've seen, you've yeah. seen his room with CDs and vinyls. And every Beatles. Every iteration of every Beatles album, including the weird one with the babies and the meat. J- Japanese misprint, you know. <laughs> um, so... I grew up with two parents who had countless albums of music who always were playing music. So kind of that alone was enough to kind of just imprint a lot of songs on my memory as I was growing up. I just knew all these songs because I kept hearing them. Yeah, you'd have to try really hard not to like music growing up in that (laughs) environment. So that's probably why, um, as far as specifically... The thing that I like doing in music more than anything is singing. And um, I guess I could relate that to my, my grandma, um, Ruth Ruth Harwood. She sang for a couple different choirs back in the day, and she was involved in... Uh, I believe her voice is in The Sound of Music as one of the choir singers, and she's also, I think, in Dumbo and... Bambi, I think that there's also like you. She's one of the the choir voices. Oh wow! And so, like, trip, 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 little, little show. yeah. Um, so that's, but that's kind of the only <laughs> like singing connection I can dra- drop. My um, also my uh, my uncle Chris, who has just passed away this this last year from a heart attack. Um, he was an amazing composer. And he would he would write music for his church and uh, and he would sing and play at the piano and and he was wonderful. Um, but those are the only two people that I can think of on that side. And my dad actually did play in bands when he was younger too. Wow. Like he 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 knew a couple brass instruments and he can play guitar to to a degree. And so there is all of that surrounding it. Um, but the thing I like to do is sing, so I think that all of the other stuff... Because I remember the first... I, I tried to play French horn back in high school, and I just wasn't disciplined. Or no, it was middle school. I, uh, I wasn't disciplined enough about it, and I couldn't really get good at it. And it wasn't really my my jam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I... And it's a very hard instrument to play, too. I don't know why I picked it. Um, I think my dad encouraged me to pick it for some reason. But uh, Well, I think, I mean, Annalise said that uh, French horns are used a lot in the Jurassic Park score. So well, uh, there we go. Something I can't, I can appreciate, but not... Uh, yeah, the, the French horn is a nice chameleon-like brass that sort of... I always felt it was kind of a, a nice little glue that could be high or low. Um, but the, but after that, um, I think the, the next time that I tried to learn an instrument was really when I picked up a ukulele and that had, oh my God, I forgot my, my grandfather. Um, my grandfather used to play the ukulele all the time cause he loved Hawaii and, and he would, he had a whole backyard that was made to look like Hawaii, which is where. Jurassic Park was set. Oh shit! Filmed, you know. filmed. Um, but <laughs> but he used to play uh, all the time, and I ended up we ended up getting his ukuleles after he passed. And and one time I remember looking past college, I just picked up a ukulele and went, "How hard can this be?"
Hi, Stephen. This is Ellen. Uh, I just wanted to say that I really liked this past week's episode um, that came out February 6th. And I wanted to give a shout out to Bernice, who works at Integrated DNA Technologies, or IDT. I work as a grad student, and I work in molecular biology. And so I actually order products from this company, and I do totally different research that's not at all involved with um, cancer, but it does work with immunity, and it, it works with invertebrates, so in corals and other Nigerian creatures like anemones. Um, but it was just really awesome to hear that other people who work in my field and who I actually rely on to get my research done are also listening to this podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for creating this great community um, and fun forum for us all to interact with each other and hear each other's stories and kind of being our conduit um, in this journey. So thank you, Stephen. I hope you have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much, Alan. That I really that's super cool. That's such a crazy fun connection. Um, she's referencing um, an email from Bernice in a previous minisode where, um, yeah, she is a, a bachelor of science in genetics, a bachelor of science in microbiology, and a master's in molecular physiology. And she works for Integrated DNA Technologies. She said in that original email, sounds exactly like InGen. I know. Um, but I don't, that's just so amazing and such a funny coincidence. And I don't know, it's just kind of, it's just, you know, the world it, it, like is small in a good way sometimes. And yeah, it's just nice to hear that like people who do real science enjoy anything I do because y'all are, are doing, y'all doing the Lord's work, baby. Um, no, I love that so much. And yeah, it's, and you've been sharing some of, some of the work that you do uh, you know, when you're, you know, you're just on your Instagram and stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate you calling in. And again, it means the world that you are finding those connections like that. So, uh, Bernice, Alan, you guys got to hook up sometime and trade some science stuff. You know, clearly I know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and now I wanted to read a email from Christina. She says, hi, Stephen. I've been thinking about writing to you about this story for a couple of weeks, but I hadn't gotten around to it. When I saw your post about the theme song, I knew it was time. I used to play the flute in my band until eighth grade. Sorry, I don't know why I thought that was just just, I, you know, it's when we're talking about the music and like the flute, I think of the melodica from from that Jurassic Park meme. They're like, <laughs> I'm sure you played so much better than that. Um, she says, I used to play the flute in my band until eighth grade. Our school's yearly tradition was to play a melody that the outgoing eighth grade class voted on. During my eighth grade year, a drummer and I worked together to get all of our classmates to vote for the Jurassic Park medley. Performing, uh, uh, performing the piece was a highlight of my short band career. Even though we were probably terrible, I still got chills during the crescendo. Thanks for making this podcast. It brought back so many memories for me. The third Jurassic Park is probably the one I've seen the most because my younger brother was obsessed with it for a summer and we watched it almost every day uh, we're not usually interested in the same things but we always bond over jurassic park and pixar movies best christina uh thank you so much christina uh that's so cool i love uh i just love when everyone comes together and it's like yeah jurassic park um it was like a few minisodes ago or, or a while ago uh but michelle a friend of the show she voted for her um her prom to be dinosaur themed, which was hilarious. And they had it at the natural history museum. So I just love everyone coming together and voting for Jurassic park. Um, but I love, but I really now want to hear a flute and drum cover of Jurassic park where it's like, boop, boop, boop. And then it's like, I don't know. You get it. Yeah. You don't have to hear me doing it, but, uh, thank you for Christina for your, uh, your email. Uh, and then I wanted to play, a uh, voicemail uh, or voice memo from um, a previous uh, contributor, fun listener, participator in the Jurassic Park Facebook group, uh, see Jurassic Park Facebook group, uh, awesome tattoos, goes to lots of natural museums, um, Madeline Kircher. Um, and she sent a voicemail about one of the questions, which was if you could have like any kind of band or, you know, thing cover the Jurassic Park theme song. So she sent a voicemail about that. Let's, so let's listen to that. Hi, Steven. It's Maddie. I just wanted to answer your question. If you could choose a band to cover the Jurassic Park theme song, who would you pick? 
Um, I did already answer in the Facebook group, but I just wanted to expand a little bit because I love questions like this. I think they're a fun challenge, basically. Um, So what I had initially posted was that I like the idea of making it very different and moving as far from the bombastic orchestra sound as I could. But I also want to retain a degree of complexity, I guess, beyond just like a dude with a guitar. So after thinking long and hard about it, my first choice was Kraftwerk, who essentially invented electronic music and have had a bigger influence on modern music than I think most people realize. They started out experimental, they used a lot of synth and instruments that they invented and made themselves, which rather than like the old established conventional instruments you'd find in an orchestra. So their version would be like the yin to the original's yang. And like I had posted, it would give um, more of an edge and a darkness, but also somehow make it more subtle, I guess. So another weird idea I had was um, it kind of sprang from my own nostalgic musings. I am a child of the 80s, but I was raised on 70s sitcom reruns like MASH and WKRP and Taxi. So I was thinking Bob James, who is like um, a jazz fusion artist, I guess. He did the theme song Angela from Taxi. So I think his take would give it like a chill retro 70s, very, very melancholic vibe. I don't know if he's even alive, to be honest. Um, I should have Googled that. Um, And finally, because my other choices are so dude-heavy, I want to go with Joanna Newsom because I think she could play it on her harp and come up with some super weird and intense and deeply metaphorical lyrics to confuse the hell out of ya. So yeah, those are my picks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh my god, Maddie. Uh, I fucking love Joanna Newsom. She's my favorite artist of all time. And I would fucking kill, I would murder to hear like a harp take, like a harp and banjo and I don't know, now she in like her in like divers and stuff. She's got all kinds of weird instruments going on, but I would kill for for her to do a cover of the Jurassic Park theme song. That would be incredible. Um, I'm actually not as familiar with Kraftwerk actually and um Bob James I I'm actually not familiar with his music so I'm actually curious too I mean I I definitely know Kraftwerk but and and I think that's why I love uh Stephanie Franciotti's take on um on the Jurassic Park theme song because it is that world of synths and you know arpeggiations and stuff like that so I think that would be really cool and I got to check out Bob James's stuff and Oh my God, Joanna Newsom would be amazing. So thank you, Maddie, for for leaving that voice memo. Um, and I always appreciate your contributions to the group and stuff. I love every time you post. So um, thank you so much. And now it's that time of the week. That's the theme song for uh, your boy Jurassic coming hot on the heels. So he sends an email, of course. Uh, of course, of course. Um, he sends a great email where he talks about all the different music. So he obviously loves everybody, even Don Davis. Look, we all, you know what? We all got to pick up, you know, it's about picking up where John Williams left off. So, um, and he says, what amazes me about Williams original Jurassic Park score is just how on the money it is. I think that mostly comes from the relationship he and Spielberg have developed over the years. Williams can understand exactly what Spielberg has in mind when he asks for it and constantly ends up delivering beyond expectations. That's mastery at work. But it's also the product of a well-nourished collaborative friendship. Uh, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, is it any wonder then that of the more than a dozen or so films they've collaborated on, the majority of them wind up being nominated for Oscars and Grammys? Many of those films wouldn't have the impact they did unless Williams was in the studio scoring the music. With the original score for Jurassic Park, Williams had an enormously difficult task. He had to help sell the majesty, wonder, and horror of a world filled with creatures brought to life on screen for the first time via such a revolutionary technology. Half the success of JP is due to his work. And that's probably an understatement. And I think Spielberg has definitely echoed that sentiment as well. Um, To illustrate the point, think about it. For example, when they see the Brachiosaur for the first time, the early staging of the scene keeps the audience from seeing what Grant's seeing. By continuing those tight shots on the Jeep, Spielberg is restricting our vision and planting the seeds of confusion and concern. Williams recognizes this building tension and ease in the slightest bit of dissonance for as long as we're looking at Sattler and Grant. Suddenly, the camera pops up behind them, goes wide, and the music stops. But only for a moment. 
Then you hear it, the first iteration of the Jurassic Park theme in all its beauty and glory, the majesty and wonder of that exact moment has to be expressed. That sudden brief absence of music is like holding your breath as you first set your eyes on the Brachiosaur. You can't even believe what you're seeing, and then the wonder and amazement washes over you like the theme does. Uh, yes, that's so beautifully well said, Nick. I that I mean, nobody could say it better than that. Um, and so... Um, you know, and then, uh, obviously he's going to answer some of the questions. And so, um, he obviously went into what are your favorite bits from music from Jurassic Park? Um, but obviously, you know, welcome to Jurassic Park is my favorite. It brings the film to a conclusion that it needs with a great musical payoff. It helps the audience emotionally transition from the drama of the visitor center to heading home, eventually taking over the entire sonic environment of the film's ending. The theme used is markedly different from how we hear it as the helicopter first approaches the island, signaling to us there's a fundamental change in the story characters. Um, and then for the lost world, he says, I'm torn between rescuing Sarah or the hunt. Both tracks are really great driven hard by the percussion. The strings heighten the tension and the horns play out the drama really well. Um, I keep coming back to this idea of mine, but I'd say both Spielberg and Williams are influenced a lot by Alfred Hitchcock has done with his films. Uh, that's really interesting. And I had thought about that for specifically lost world, but yeah, it's almost like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like Lost World as if Hitchcock did King Kong or something like that. The violins in the Lost World shriek as though they they come straight out of Psycho. Likewise, the decisions of where not to put music are fundamentally important Hitchcock-esque as well. Going back to JP, you'll notice the T-Rex breakout scene is virtually no music, which um, it's funny, Dax and I actually talked about in a uh, in another bit of uh, cut stuff. So maybe I'll find a way to put that back in as well someday. But Or, uh, you know... Uh, I'm hoping one day to, you know, put out the interviews in their full glory at some point. So little tease right there. Um, so for Jurassic Park 3, funnily enough, out of all the soundtracks, I listened to this one the most. This was mostly due to the fact that I could never find the other two on CD. So I had to take what I was dealt. Oh, um, so uh and then he says, another fun fact, broke my original copy of the JP3 soundtrack, couldn't find another copy, was given a new one for Christmas and cried. My dad and ass couldn't understand why I was crying over a CD. No, I get it. Um, ooh, I lost my Return of the King soundtrack, speaking of threes, and I was super devastated because that Howard Shore score is just incredible. And yeah, I lost it uh, at the Staples Center. It's a weird story. Um but um, he says it's hard to say for JP3, but I'm going to argue the best track is the Raptor Room. In it, Don Davis combines a number of great musical elements indicative of the Jurassic Park franchise. He pulls out the reed instruments for Jungle Feel, the ethereal haunting vocals that are almost pulled straight out of the hatching scene from the original, and the reintroduction of the carnivore motif, those four descending notes. It's really nicely done. Man, it's just a great track. Um, and then for for Jurassic World, he says this one isn't tough. Uh, for me at all, Chasing Dragons takes the top spot with a caveat. The full track, starting from when Owen has the raptor sniff the Irex's tractor, tractor, a tracker, is the best part of the score for me. It sets up the perfect anticipation for about what's to come, and it offsets the payoff for Owen before this happens. Neither the audience nor him know how the raptors are going to behave. As he lets them sniff the tracker, the strings represent excitement but hesitation. What if this all goes wrong? Then once they're released, the music is minimal. Trevorrow and Giacchino don't want you to guess just how the raptors are going to behave. It's only when Owen catches up to them and there's that moment of recognition between them that it goes from uncertainty to heroics. Um, furthermore, it's just placed at a perfect time in the film. We're at the edge of our seat because we're unsure of what to do or what's going to happen because they can't contain the Indominus. We're ready to take the action up to the next step. And the part of the score allows us to get there as well. Um, because of what happens next, it's so impactful. We get this heroic theme and then the Raptors turn on us rather than getting a neat resolution brought about by chasing the dragons. We instead get pulled along for a twist. We weren't expecting, um, man, this is so well said, Nick. Um, I really love this. Uh, uh, I uh, appreciate you do, like really giving these in-depth answers because it's like making me it just makes me want to go back and, and watch the movie right now and listen to these bits of the score. Um, if I could choose a band to cover the JP theme, which would you choose? And he says uh, Queen. And he's like, now hear me out. Queen is was known for their operatic style as well. They were a sci-fi lovers band. Brian May was a has a goddamn degree in astrophysics for crying out loud with actual experience writing music for sci-fi films that combined with Freddie's musical versatility could have made their cover of the theme. Absolutely stud- stunning. I'm here for that. I don't know about anyone else. Um, anyways, I could go on about 
on and on about the music of JP. While much of it is so well done, the music is by far the most incredibly executed parts of the franchise consistently. It's performed, no pun intended, incredibly well within the universe. I'm excited to see what Chikino has up his sleeve for Fallen Kingdom, and I still kind of feverishly hope that John Williams would do more Jurassic film before he wraps up his tenure. I'll leave off with this by some miracle... Um, I had the opportunity to play the theme in high school band. I nearly peed myself every time we practiced it. If I had a time capsule, I'd go back to high school for no other reason than to play it again. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Nick, a.k.a. Ya boy Jurassic. Uh, thank you so much, Nick. Again, your emails always touch me um, in all the right ways. Uh, no, I. it means a lot for you to take the time to write. And again, you just have such a great way with words. I really appreciate it. And but also you buried the lead. You played uh, you played the Jurassic Park theme in high school for your musical band. Um, that's amazing. And I want. Do you have any recordings of it? That would be really fun to listen to. I'm only suggesting. But if you wanted to send it, I would love to play it. So um, and listen to it, of course, first. Um, no, I'm going to just play it. And then, you know, the volume's all messed up. The editing's weird. No, I'm going to. But anyway, I would love to hear it um, if you have a recording of it. So um and those are all the voicemails and emails for this month. As you know, I'm always, um, you know, if I haven't read your voicemail or, or read your voicemail, if I haven't played your voicemail or read your email, it's because I'm saving it for, you know, future episodes that are themed to it. But, um, you know, I, I love getting them and keep sending them. Um, it means a lot that you guys want to do that and you're supporting this um, this podcast, it means a lot to me. It's literally my favorite thing to do. I'm so lucky I get to, to make podcasts for a living. And so, uh, the support of, uh, my favorite murder has really allowed me a chance to explore all my interests and stuff like that. So it's just, I feel very lucky. I mean, I did an April fool's episode about Congo for God's sakes. Like what, how, Oh, amazing. Also, I mentioned it in the Congo episode, but I'm going to mention it again here because it was a last minute thing. But um, uh, Mark, uh, Ellie Sattler's husband in Jurassic Park 3, played by Taylor Nichols, also plays a character named Jeffrey in Congo. So there's even that connection. So Jeffrey was a friend to Bruce Campbell's character. They get attacked and, spoiler alert, die at the end or, you know, die at some point during Congo. And then um, Laura Linney and Ernie Hudson's characters find them. Uh, but then Taylor Nichols shows up in Jurassic Park 3 as Do- Dr. Ellie Sattler's husband, who works for the military or the Navy or whatever. Um, just a fun, weird connection that I didn't realize until now. Um, so I'm gonna, that's why I'm mentioning it again here. Um, but I wanted to end the episode on two things. Um, Brad Jost uh, from the Jurassic Park podcast sent me a fun little thing to play relating to uh, like Nick uh, relating to playing music in school and then I wanted to end on something a little special which is so uh, for this podcast I obviously do a lot of music myself for it Um, the themes the theme songs the you know the beginning and the ending and um, I did that fun little uh, Randy Newman slash Irma Thomas cover, and I did the ringtone cover for the music episode. Um, but I make music a lot under the performing name Thank Goodness. And uh, if you want to check out my music, I have an album and a couple other records and stuff out on Bandcamp. And a couple years ago, it was, ooh, it was August 5th, 2014 when it was released. I wrote a song called 1993 and it's kind of like a musical version of this podcast in a way of just sort of why Jurassic Park is so important to me and stuff. And it was a fun little Casio uh, beat song. Um, Omar Najam, who's been on this podcast, does a little fun spoken word thing in it. And yeah, so I wanted to play Brad's uh, voicemail, Brad's um, segment that he sent in, uh, this wonderful story that he uh, that he remembered um, that he wanted to share. And then I'll close out with a little bit of 1993 um, that's by yours truly. So uh, thank you again, everybody, for listening. Support the show on Patreon if you're not already. I really appreciate all the patrons. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited. We're getting we're getting close. I mean, uh, April's uh, my birthday month. It's the Jurassic World episode month. And then it's pretty much just focusing on uh, Fallen Kingdom and some other fun 
related things as well until the end of the first season of this podcast. So um, it's kind of crazy. But um, please enjoy, again, Brad's, uh, Brad's story and enjoy 1993 as well. So thank you again, everybody. I'll see you soon. Hey, Stephen. Uh, Brad Jost here. I just wanted to call in, uh, let you know how much I love that music episode that you did recently. And it actually made me think of something that happened to me back in third grade. Um, I had moved um, to a different town and I went to a new school. Um, you know, I had I didn't have any friends at this new school, really. Um, at my old school, I had a bunch of friends. I even had JP friends, which was awesome. But then this new one, not so much. But in this third grade class, which was probably around the time, maybe a little bit after Jurassic Park actually came out, so 93, 94, somewhere in that range, uh, whenever I was in third grade, um, I had to do an oral presentation on something and uh, partner up with somebody on a project. And And I remember we picked Jurassic Park to talk about. Um, we had worked on like a, a little script to together to kind of talk about the movie, retell it, analyze it. Uh, I guess probably in the best way a third grader could, <laughs> which is probably not that great. Um, we even like... Uh, I, I even brought in my boombox. Uh, <laughs> so if anybody doesn't know what a boombox is, it was just this giant. It had to be probably uh, three feet long, had giant detachable speakers, and it had the CD player on the top. Um, I absolutely loved that thing. I think I got it for my birthday one year, and um, I brought in my Jurassic Park CD, uh, for this presentation, uh, we planned on talking about the movie and playing music in the background as we're talking about it. Um, you know, this was before the days of just an easy plug and play with your cell phone when you have like a Spotify playlist or pull music up on YouTube or something. I actually had to bring in a giant boombox. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, but uh, we, we had this this little routine. We we're ready to go, ready to do it. And um, uh, my partner for this project got sick. And I think he threw up in the class, and guess who got stuck doing the project himself? Well, yeah, me. I had to do the whole thing myself. Probably ended up creating, like, my fear of public speaking, <laughs> um, which lasted my entire life so far, pretty much. And um, it was just a nightmare. Like, I just remember it being a nightmare. But I got through the project. At one point, uh, I don't know, just transporting my boombox, I ended up breaking the dial on the thing. Um... And I've just never forgot about that. But I, I never forgot how impactful I thought the music would be um, listening to it as I'm talking about the movie and stuff. I thought that was so great. Just hearing those, you know, initial thumps from the uh, the first uh, track on the soundtrack and then just moving forward. I don't even know how long this project was, but... Um, I remember just letting the CD play. Um, it was so weird. I don't know why we did this, but um, I, I just never forgot about that moment. And now I, I'm like literally doing the same thing that I did back in third grade, just presenting Jurassic Park discussions to people now on podcasts, which I guess entail has actually helped me slightly overcome that fear of public speaking, I guess. But uh, thanks for uh, that, that music episode recently. Really like sparked my memory on that story. And uh, just wanted to say thanks, man. years old and if I may be so bold I'm alive that's how they knew we clocked the T-Rex at 32 when believe me I felt fear my father asked do you want to stay here but I would not stumble it was just too beautiful and I still remember 1993 and I still remember and I still remember 1993 
and twenty some odd years And I feel the same old fears I am pulled and then I'm pushed And being here is not enough But if I could have one wish I would ask, how did you do this? I refuse to fade away And life will find a way And I still remember I still remember 1993 And I still remember And I still remember 1993 And I still remember I still remember 1993 And I still remember And I still remember 1993 Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...in the park in the entire world, incorporating all the latest technologies. And I'm not just talking about rides, you know. Everybody has rides. No, we've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJRPod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicride at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.